Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. My name is Spencer Powell, the Inbound Marketing Director at Builder Funnel, and each week we bring you marketing and sales strategies for your home building or remodeling business. Thanks for joining me today. Let's get started. Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. This is marketing and sales strategies in between job sites. And today I've got with me Mark Harari, who is the Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer of Remodelers Advantage. And they are the remodeling industry's most comprehensive business support organization. Mark is an award-winning marketer and specializes in professional and trade services marketing. And the vast majority of his 18-year career has been focused on the construction industry, with six of those years spent as the head of marketing for a remodeling firm. In short, Mark understands the unique challenges facing remodeling business owners today. Mark, glad to have you on the show. Hey Spencer, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Doing well, yeah, glad to have you here and it was good to see you just, uh, I guess it was probably a week and a half, two weeks ago out in Minneapolis. Yeah, it was awesome out there, wasn't it? It was just hopping. Yeah, a lot of, lot of uh, people there this year, and you had the, the full get-up, I think, on that Tuesday night uh, 70s party, so. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was out on the 70s, I think. It was pretty good. I, all the wearing platforms did a number on my calves. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, yeah, so for those of you listening, Mark and I were sitting there at the end of, I guess it was Thursday morning, and Mark's calves were on fire, so uh, he had been wearing the platform shoes on Tuesday night, and I guess it had finally sunk in after all day Wednesday standing too. Well, you got especially you got to make sure to tell everybody it was Tuesday night favorite theme. I wasn't just wearing platform. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, maybe in the show notes I'll I'll be able to find a photo and and link it up for everybody. So yeah, fantastic. Yeah, awesome. Well, I know today we what's that? It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, today we probably could spend forever talking about the, the uh, party and everything, but we wanted to talk about some marketing myths. Some myths that you see because you talk to a lot of remodelers and they're always coming to you with different marketing challenges. But I kind of like to kick these off just going right to it. So I want to know the biggest marketing myth that you see uh, or hear, I guess, in, in talking and dealing with remodelers around the country? The, the biggest myth I hear, well, the biggest slash scariest myth I hear is I, I don't need marketing. Ooh. Um, I, I, unfortunately, that, you'd be surprised how many people I actually talk to that say, man, and they're proud of this too. I, I get 100% of my leads from word of mouth. I've never needed to do a, that's a nickel of, of marketing or advertising, and, and it's just fantastic, and they're so proud of it, and it's it scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> well, and the worst part is that, you know, at the end of the day, word of mouth, this is one channel of marketing, right? It's one form, so they are marketing. Um, and what they've done is they just pitch and hold themselves and put all their eggs into that one basket. Imagine a few years ago saying, I do 100% of everything in uh, yellow pages. You know? Yes. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. You're just putting everything into one channel and, and you're just asking for disaster in the future. Yeah, that's a big one. And and you hear that from a lot of people, you said, where they're just, uh, they say, yep, I, I've got word of mouth referrals. And, you know, I hear the same thing as well. And the thing I always wonder about that is, what happens when you want to grow? And there are certainly ways to use referrals to grow, but oftentimes I see that remodelers kind of get to this point, 
whatever their sales volume is, whether it's two, three, four million, then they go, I want to get to the next level. And in some ways, there's only so much you can get out of that referral base. And so you need to be looking at other channels to spur that growth. Is that something that, that you see? Yeah, you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, it's, it's, you, you, have to, you have to lay a good foundation down and you, you have to diversify everything you do. I mean, it, in anything in your business, you can't put everything into one, one channel, one model, one, one spoke of the wheel because you know, anything goes wrong and you have nowhere else to fall back. Or it's just, it's a huge risk to take with, with your livelihood and your company. Everybody needs to, to market. Marketing is the engine of your business. Word of mouth and, and, and referrals is a form of marketing. So even if that's what you're doing at this point, you are marketing. Don't say, I don't need marketing. That is marketing. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, why do you think that is? Why? I mean, you said you almost hear it like it's a, a point of pride, but why do you feel like people don't want to try other forms of marketing? It's just education and knowing what what it's about and, and not being comfortable in, in that world. And so it's easier to just avoid it. And another thing is, it, it is tough it, because it's been working for them. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of guys start off, they're just kind of a one-man show, and then they start to outsource, and then they bring on a second or third person. And when does that transition happen? You know, and they've built the company, and whether you get to 200,000, 500,000, 800,000, a million dollars, at what point does, does that light bulb go on saying, you know, referrals isn't enough. I'm, I'm gonna need to actually start a marketing program. It's kind of, it's, it's having the courage and understanding that, you know, you have to shift as your business grows to do more things. Just because something worked in the past when you were a smaller person, smaller company size, um, doesn't mean it's going to work for a $10 million company. So um, you have to grow and change as the company grows. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And is there a certain dollar volume that you see it's absolutely critical to really adopt a, a marketing program or do you feel like people should be doing marketing right from the start how does yeah, that play? I, I think you should start as soon as you open your, your business yeah <laughs> it, it's not, it doesn't happen often but um but yeah it's as soon as possible it's never too early to, to start a comprehensive marketing program awesome all right well that's good we uh the biggest myth out there is that you don't need marketing or, as you put it, referrals and word of mouth are still marketing and you don't need anything beyond that. Um, so there's a few different categories of myths that we can kind of break this down into. We've got kind of social media, SEO, uh, email marketing, and kind of, uh, we'll just say, uh, just general kind of marketing strategy myths. Mark, where do you want to start? Let's tackle something else that you hear. How about email marketing? All right, let's do email. That's one of my favorites. So what's a big email, email what's a big email marketing myth? Probably the biggest one in that category that I hear is uh, I can't possibly email my database more than once a month. <laughs> um, and some guys it's it's you know once a quarter, which blows my mind. But it's um <laughs> I, do you, do, how often do you hear that? <laughs> Uh, too often, actually, you'll hear somebody say, yeah, we got a monthly or we have a quarterly newsletter, quarterly email newsletter. I'm going, gosh, if I don't hear from someone almost daily, I forget about them, you know, so <laughs> I don't know. How many emails a month do you, do you guys send through Modeler's Advantage? To our um, newsletter subscriber base, we send twice a week, so eight a month. Eight a month, yeah. And, um, 
you know, I, I always tell tell people, you know, because it's a common question I get, how often can I send an email to my list? And, and my answer is always as, as often as you can get away with and, and as much bandwidth as you have. I mean, if we could if we could do it daily, I would do it daily. It's, that's a tall order, of course, yeah. to have much content to send out. But there's no reason why you can't. I think the biggest thing, again, it comes to, um, to a little bit of education and understanding that people that subscribe to your list, that subscribe to your content, actually like what you're delivering. So you don't have to be scared of sending them the stuff that they requested from you. It's, if anything, I mean, I'm subscribed to hundreds of different lists, and uh, there's a handful of them that email me daily, and I don't have a problem with that. I, I enjoy the content. If it, that particular issue doesn't have anything for me, I just ignore it. Um, I don't just randomly unsubscribe. I think the biggest thing that um, needs to happen, especially if you go to a high-frequency mailing, is to have uh, an opt-down option on your email as opposed to just that nuclear opt-out button at the bottom, um, which is required by CanSpam. But if you have the opt-down option, then you have those, those subscribers that they still love your stuff, but I, I don't really need to hear from you every day or, or twice a week. Um, we use it, and I've got about 1,500 people that have opted down, um, and they're either on a weekly digest or a monthly digest um, subscription cycle. So those 1,500 people, they like our content, they like what we deliver. It just wasn't the right fit for them to get it as it happened. And if I didn't have that option, they probably would have unsubscribed because they weren't able to handle that much intake. But again, they like the content, and our list is 15,000 strong. So you know, 10% opted down, and the rest, they're happy to just take it as it goes out, you know? And when I first got here, we were doing once uh, once a month, I believe, and it was, um, I changed that pretty quickly, and we had pretty quickly about 3,000 unsubscribes. Um, yeah. And that's a good thing, it's fine. Uh, if, if, if they're gonna drop from you that quickly, you don't need them on your list. You can't be scared of using your list. It's a tool for marketing, you know, and like any tool, if, if you just keep it neat and clean and shiny on a shelf, it's not doing you any good. You need to use it. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, Mark. And there's a few things there uh, to unpack. I feel like there's a few gems. You know, the first one that I heard was um, that people, you know, have opted in and they, they actually want to get your stuff. And you said you get some stuff from people daily because you like the content. And I think that's the key for me is if you're sending stuff that's interesting and helpful and, you know, people want to receive that, they want to consume it. Um, and you said, you know, hey, if I get something from someone every day and, you know, a few days, you know, out of the month or, you know, maybe even four to 10 days out of the month, you don't like it, but you like all the other stuff, it's still worth it to you. And you're going, yeah, I want to get it every day because I don't know when that next piece is going to be, you know, the piece that I really, really want and it's worth the trade. Or, you know, you made another good point, which is allowing to downgrade and say, yeah, I love the stuff, but I just give it to me either condensed or less frequent. Um, so I can still consume it. Um, and then that last piece, which is, you know, it's okay if people opt out, you know, so if somebody opt outs, you know, opts out, probably weren't a good fit, you know, or they maybe weren't going to be a, a potential customer if they're really, you know, that bitter about being on your list, or they just don't want that information anymore. So 
Yeah, I feel like they want you want people that are passionate about what you're delivering to them, and, and if they're not, let them go. They'll come back. They'll come around eventually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, do you see any other email myths out there that uh, that we should bust? There's there's hundreds. But, um, <laughs> another one is um, the look is a big one with the big uh, build design firms because everything is aesthetic, and uh, they want the really pretty pretty news newsletter template. Which is nice. There's nothing wrong with it, but um, you know, it, it's not 100% necessary. And and really, it goes into the plan. Um, what's the purpose of your newsletter? What is it trying to accomplish? What's the content you're delivering? And and it should match that. I personally don't like the uh, HTML pretty pretty newsletters because they're so heavy with images and and stuff that it, and it just screams commercial business. You know versus a personal one-on-one touch. I love in my emails, um, maybe it's okay to have a logo, but um, just a typical letter form. Um, it sounds, it feels more personal. It feels like someone's writing to you, but that goes hand in hand with the strategy and it goes to planning. And that's really kind of at the core of a lot of the problems and a lot of the myths is is just throw, throwing tactics at a wall and seeing what happens instead of having the plan and strategy behind it and knowing what purpose it's serving. Um, maybe it is right to have that pretty gorgeous newsletter template that's high, high image count and goes on forever, but, but that should be specific to what, what the goal of the newsletter is. Yeah, I think that's a good point because we do sometimes tend to get caught up in the look and all the tiniest little details and you know, it's because we're focused on it pretty heavily, you know, working on that newsletter and then we don't realize that you know, if we really just put ourselves in the shoes of our list, I guess, you know, they're probably opening it at six in the morning on their phone and going really quick or they're, you know, deleting it and they're moving pretty fast. And so, you know, you mentioned you actually like the kind of more personalized approach. And we started doing that maybe a year or two ago because I realized almost all the subscriptions that I stay in touch with, it looks just like the guy's writing an email right to me, you know, or the gal's writing an email right to me. And it, it feels like I'm hearing from them, even though I know it's going out to, you know, thousands and thousands of people. So I think that's yeah. a, a good point. But let's move on to search engine optimization or SEO, because this is, it seems like a very hot topic this year and maybe every year uh, because it's always changing and it seems like there's a lot of you know, black magic, voodoo, you know, stuff around it. And there are some very core elements um, that, that impact how you can rank and everything. But what are, what are some of these myths that you hear around SEO? SEO is one and done. And you can just <laughs> hire an SEO firm or an SEO guy to come in, do your SEO. You know, my favorite is, yeah, we did SEO once. It's like, yeah, congratulations, go buy yourself a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's, it's ongoing. And, um, if you don't understand that out of the gate, don't, don't waste your money because it's, um, sure. There's some things like on page SEO things that it's maybe a, a once a year kind of touch or look at that you just clean up and get your site, um, where it needs to be. But SEO as a whole is, is it's something you have to do in perpetuity. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it goes against common sense to even think it wouldn't be. It's not like once you reach number one on Google, then Google says, okay, 
Well, we're done with that, yeah. that, that keyword search. We can put that away. We're never going to change it again. Yeah. Obviously, that's not the case, right? Yeah, so, remodeling yeah. Chicago. We got our rankings done. Yeah, yeah no new yeah. sites we'll just, will ever be created. Away, it's yeah. archived. We never have to change that again. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's ridiculous, right? So, um, yeah, the one and done thing. It, once you commit to SEO, that's just an annual part of your budget. Don't ever take it out. It's It's got to go on and on forever. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I think your your point is uh, makes it more crystal clear, which is, you know, Google's always trying to bring the best content to the top for different searches and the most relevant, and they're trying to create a good experience for their users. So we always need to be looking at how can we do that and try to rank for those keywords, but also your competition is changing and they're doing different things. So you're, you're battling against that as well. Um, yeah, it's a shame when people will say, yeah, I did, did my SEO and I'm, I'm done. Um, Cause in some ways that's wasted money. It may, you know, give you a little bit of a bump temporarily and then probably you'll just glide back down to, to where you were. Yeah. What what else do you see around SEO that's a big myth? Since I just said it about ranking number one, that's just a huge thing that uh, so many say, they'll pick like two or three keywords, like you said, sh- sh- Chicago remodeling, or remodel Chicago, and, and that's it. I, I want these three keywords to, to rank number one, that's my goal. It's like, um, no, no, you don't need that, but thanks for playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just that's so old school thinking and and really nowadays it's nice i mean sure it wants not to be ranked number one for chicago remodeler um but it, it's not nearly as good as ranking for um thousands of different long tail keyword searches you know really focused intent searches that that especially the millennials now are doing um there's tons of opportunity there and it just goes into that whole content mix answering all the questions they're going to be asking Google because that, that's the thing they're going to Google. They're not just typing Chicago remodeler. They're, they're typing things about, you know, what to look for in a good remodeler, um, things to watch out for, uh, you know, what contract clauses should be in there. Those types of things that they're searching before they even reach out to you. So um, if you provide those answers, and those are long-term, long-tail keyword searches that, that you can rank for a lot easier than Chicago remodeler, you know, and, and they're going to be higher quality leads too. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, you look at those very uh, broad keyword phrases that are, you know, one or two words like Chicago remodeling and they're super competitive and they, that might take you multiple years to actually rank for that keyword. And so you need to have a strategy in place that, sure, maybe you're shooting for that with your homepage over the course of the next several years, but then you're creating all this blog content or internal FAQs where you're tackling some of these questions that you mentioned. One that we've been working on heavily uh, lately with a lot of our clients is cost because so many people want to know what's it cost and if you're a design builder modeler you have different ideas on cost than your average guy in the, the truck or even you know some of the cost uh, value reports that are out there you know they're not in line so depending on you know what goes into the scope that's a really important you know, question to be able to, where you can control the answer, you know, where, where sure. you're putting that information out there. So, um, yeah, you may, that's a great point. yeah. And, uh, I like your comment too. It's, it's not about two or three keywords. It's about hundreds or even thousands, you know, and, uh, I always like to kind of just do the math and going, Hey, okay. Chicago remodeling gets, you know, 500 searches a month. 
if for, you know, I somehow managed to make it to number one, I'd maybe get 60% of those clicks or 50% or whatever it is. Um, and it's going to be really hard to rank for that. But if I'm ranking number one for 500 keywords and they all get five searches a month or 10 searches a month and you, you know, you add all those up, those are all going to be very easy terms to rank for. So I, I like a good blend of, of shooting for those. All right. Well, we've got, got a little bit of time left. I'd like to hit, you know, one or two more myths here. Um, let's hit uh, something in the social media space because I feel like that's always another one of those areas that's always changing. You know, when, when I got into social media, Instagram wasn't, wasn't even around, you know, and now that's a, a hot item and how, house is really big and, you know, there's Pinterest and all these platforms. So uh, I guess when you think about social media or talk to different remodelers, what's a, what's a big myth that, uh, that we need to break up here? Uh, a lot of them feel that they, they need to be on every platform that exists. Um, and obviously that's, um, that's a really tall order. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's okay to, to go out and grab your business, your company name or profile on every site, um, from a defensive strategy and protect it. If Pinterest isn't right for you, you probably shouldn't be managing the account. You could, if you are somebody that wants to protect every property, um, you, you need to put a one single post on it saying, Hey, visit us on Twitter. That's where we're active. Um, so people don't feel that you're, uh, you're out of business. And that's really at the core of this, this myth, because you go out and you, you, you create profiles on dozens of different social media platforms. And of course you don't have the time to keep them all going. They look cobwebs and stagnant and people that come across, you're going to think, Hey, is this guy even in business anymore? Yeah. Um, not, not to mention that it's it's just it needs to be driven by your target market and, and where they live. Uh, at the end of the day, all marketing should be taking place where your your client is going to be spending their time. So if if you're going after you know retired grandpas and granddads <laughs> as your target market, then you probably shouldn't be on Pinterest. You know, it's 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 a matter of uh, going where where your target market is and and it's better to focus on one or two platforms that you can really put your time into um, than trying to spread yourself too thin and, and being everywhere for everyone um i go to so many remodeler websites and you just see this string of logos <laughs> across the bottom like nine deep of every social media platform they have but then you click through and the last post was 18 months ago yeah <laughs> and it's not doing yourself anything any favors there yeah. So I guess how would you give somebody advice that's trying to say they have the nine or 12 profiles and they're trying to, to focus that down? How do you know which platform is, is right for you? That's a good question. I mean, again, it, it goes to knowing, and this is probably a huge step, is knowing and identifying your target customer, your target one and, and who your ideal client is. And, and then you do the research to find out what the demographics of the different um, people in the in the world or what platforms they're using. So um, again, I use Pinterest as an example because I, I don't remember, I haven't looked at it so long, but I think you could probably correct me because the average user is a woman in her 30s, I think, and there's a whole demographic set. It's like 90% of the users is, is in that set. So using that kind of data, I guess a, kind of an uncomfortable ongoing theme on a lot of this stuff I'm talking about keeps going back to planning and, mm -hmm. and strategy and 
not just doing tactics. We might as well just throw in there another big myth. That's <laughs> just that marketing is just a whole list of tactics that we do, and it, it so isn't. And uh, I come across very few remodelers that actually have a well, well done, complete marketing plan written down that they're going off of. And that's what drives a lot of this. And it kind of just boils to the top, whether it's what social media platforms you're going to be working um, to what type of newsletter you're using. Um, that stuff comes out once you've gone through all the exercises of identifying your target market. And if you get into levels of buyer personas and all those types of things, um, it, it, it becomes very obvious as you build that plan out what you should be doing, where you should be, and, and where you should be spending your money. Yeah, yeah, you make a great point. I mean, it's really tough to decide what you should do until you know and have a really good grasp on your target audience. And um, to your point, you know, it's very easy to go and research the demographics of people that are on Pinterest or the people that are on Twitter. And, you know, another method that, that we use, too, in addition to that is uh, let's put some tracking mechanisms in place on your website so that you can actually see, you know, how many clicks are you getting from those platforms and you know, we dropped Twitter completely for all of our clients, uh, you know, earlier this year because it was kind of like, well, we've gotten maybe one lead across how many clients over the last few years and, um, you know, it wasn't producing. And so, um, but to your point, you know, you can always look at your target audience and try to figure out, okay, where, you know, where are they hanging out online? And maybe there's even some other place that nobody else is using, but for some reason, all of your target customers are hanging out, whether it's a forum or you know some community or something. So, uh, but yeah. that goes back to your point of strategy. You know, you've got to have have that strategy, dialed in. Planning, yeah. planning. Nobody does planning anymore. I think Yogi Bear, I love the Yogi Bear quotes, and I'm gonna butcher this one, but it was something along the lines of, uh, you know, if you don't know where you're going, you might not get there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a good um, one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mark, well, um, we're gonna wrap things up here, but before we do, you know, if you could share a piece of advice for all of our listeners today, what would it be? You know, we've talked about a lot of myths, and I think sometimes even hearing what these myths are and, and debunking them, it's still a little bit overwhelming. So, um, I don't know, is there a good way to get started? Or, you know, I guess, what would you leave everybody with for today? Uh, I, you know, I think that we just touched on it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this into the ground. It, <laughs> if you take one thing out of this, it's create a plan, a written plan. Take the time to do a real marketing plan for your year, and no, a marketing plan isn't just a list of tactics with with dollar amounts next to them. It's it's strategy. It's it's the whole nine, and um, you know you put a little bit of effort up front to write down a plan, make a plan and you're going to skyrocket. That's great advice, awesome. And uh, Mark, thanks again for being on the show. How can people find uh, find you online or, or learn more uh, about you and Remodelers Advantage? Remodelersadvantage.com. We have consulting and our peer group roundtables program, which is great. I actually facilitate two tactical groups for roundtables, uh, which are the marketing-focused roundtables. Um, so your listeners might be interested in that one. Of course, the business owners have a lot to gain out of the, the owners roundtables group. So check it out at remodelersadvantage.com and, uh, 
Thanks for having me, man. This is great. I'm loving your show. Yeah, no, we're glad to have you on. It's always fun to, to chat marketing with you. And yeah, definitely check out remodelersadvantage.com. Um, I've sat in on a couple of those roundtables and they are immensely valuable for uh, remodeling business owners and marketing professionals uh, for those groups that Mark runs. Um, so with that, we will wrap for today. And just a reminder to subscribe to Builder Funnel Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about us, just go to builderfunnel.com and make sure that you follow us on Instagram. And with that, we will leave you and uh, see you next time on the next episode of Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks for joining us today on Builder Funnel Radio. Don't forget to visit www.builderfunnel.com for tons of free marketing and sales resources. And if you ever need hands-on help implementing your marketing and sales system, just send a quick note to radio at builderfunnel.com. And as we close for today, remember, never stop learning. See you next time.